Good morning and welcome to Worship with St. John's United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Jeff Dadisman. Thank you for joining us in this special season leading up to Christmas. I want to take a moment to invite you to our Christmas concert that will be later today at St. John's Church, located on the corner of 14th and Brady Street. At 4 o'clock today, you have a chance to hear an hour of special music from our chancel choir and our bell choir. It will also be available on our website. Stay tuned for Sunday morning worship. Gracious God, we give you praise for your unending love for us. You have shown us your love through your life, your ministry, and your death on the cross and the resurrection. Lord, we thank you because you brought us hope. Lord, help us find hope in you. Lord, this morning we gather here as a church. Lord, we pray for each other and care for each other. We pray for our brothers and sisters. Some of us are grieving for their loved ones. Some are hospitalized. Some are recovering from surgeries. We pray you would put your healing hands on their broken bodies and minds. Lord, we need your comfort, wisdom, and encouragement in our lives. Gracious God, Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us this morning, whether we are here in person or online. We want to experience your touching and your miracles through this worship service. Lord, have mercy on us. As we go through the Advent, help us deeply experience your love and grace. Lord, we need you. Just like the soul who once persecuted you, sometimes we don't know what we are doing. However, we believe in your interventions in our lives. Lord, change our hearts and minds and steer our life direction toward the right direction you want us to go. Lord God, we surrender ourselves to you. Lord, we lift past Jeff to you. Hold him with your strong arms as he preaches your words. Lord, let us open our ears and minds and listen to the message Pastor Jeff prepared. Lord, help us listen to your words for us. Heavenly Father, now we come to you with the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We'll be hearing from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. When the time came for the purification rites that were required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Beth, excuse me, to Jerusalem. They presented him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice also in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And in him it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that was a, a very important thing for him. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelations to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And it is to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul also. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We don't often get to these verses at Christmas, and yet I, I do want you to know that it, it said it took place eight days after the birth of Christ. And today we're going to uh, kind of land on that, the last verse that was read there, a sword will pierce your soul also. Christmas is a, a very special time, and I would say of, of any time of the year, it is a season in which every heart is kind of looking to God. Every heart is wondering if they want to include worship, where might I go? So I want to just plant the idea that uh, if you have thought about inviting anybody and you've met a little resistance, this would be the month that you might get a yes. And to help you with that, um, I, how many of you have heard our radio spot? Okay. So that's a public invitation. And I want you to know that, that we are going to add a, a TV spot uh, the week of December 20th, uh, just some, some short five-second St. John's, you're invited to Christmas Eve. That's also a public invitation. But uh, Davenport has no idea who I am. Um, 
you know, but it's not my voice on the TV, but it's going to be an invitation. And, and what I want to invite you and those listening here uh, with us today and, and those that are on the radio uh, hearing this, if you hear a public invite from me or St. John's, it would work really well if you give a personal invitation to go along with it. Because if you hear uh, the radio spot and there's somebody with you, you could very easily turn and say, hey, have you ever thought about going to that church? If you're with a family member and, and the TV spot pops up uh, just five seconds between someone else's commercial and you're able to say, hey, would you be willing to go and try them out? Uh, you could come with me. I mean, the, the public invitation kind of sows the seed, but, but unless there's a personal connect, a personal invite, um, it's less effective. So I just want to ask you to, to just kind of pray about that and think about that. And um, Christmas is the time when many hearts turn toward the manger turn towards the, the true meaning of Christmas, and, and we could be the destination, we could be the place where people come to worship. Last week, uh, Pastor Jay began our series, and we're looking at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. And he introduced us to the, the end of Mary's story. Uh, Mary, the question was, what do you think her final mission might have been after Jesus was resurrected and ascended to heaven? And, and if her mission matched that of the disciples, it would have been, how can I introduce people to faith in Christ? How can I uh, make disciples of Christ? How can I help people find God through this, this new gift to the world? And Pastor Jay suggested that, that Christmas meant the most to Mary after the resurrection, that Christmas and Easter are a package deal. That the one who was born in Bethlehem came not only to die for our sins, but also to rise again, to let us know that there is something on the other side of death. And so I want to just kind of keep those two together, that, that Christmas and Easter are, are the bookends of a very important mission for Christ, and Mary would have lived out her final days with this hope that I could see my son again. So today we move back just 15 years earlier in Mary's story, Mary would be about 49, and Mary's standing at the foot of the cross, and it's the day that she watched her son die by crucifixion, an agonizing, a cruel death. Jesus would have been nailed to the cross about nine in the morning, but he didn't die until about three in the afternoon. And, and so our, our question to wonder together is, what might Mary have been thinking during those six hours? as she stood helplessly watching the suffering of Christ, I suggest to you that, that she might have been sorting back through those beginning experiences, that she might have been thinking about the first Christmas, this day of dedication when Jesus was taken to the, the temple as an infant, and then only through Christmas can she make any sense of what she's seeing, that this is not a, a random tragedy but that somehow Jesus, even in his death, is fulfilling the plan of God, that, that Simeon used that word destiny, that it was his destiny not just to be born into the world, but that he might also sacrifice himself to pay for the sins of the world. 
And Christmas helps us find meaning in that most tragic act. And as Mary sorted back through all of those things, that there's several places the verse says, Mary pondered these things in her heart. She didn't know what to do with that word, a sword is going to pierce your soul. She didn't know what to do with Jesus saying, you know, I'm going to die. And so she held on to those things. And maybe on this day, the, the angel message came back to her. You're going to give birth to a baby, God's son. And she remembers sharing that with her fiancé, Joseph, and, and he was kind of in disbelief. That, that can't be Mary. I mean, it just doesn't happen that way. And he began to figure out how to put her away quietly. And then Mary remembered the later morning when Joseph caught her and he says, Mary, uh, uh, an angel came to me. What you said is true after all. And the angel said, don't be afraid. The baby is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And he told me we're supposed to name the child Jesus or an Aramaic Yeshua. It's the Aramaic word for Savior. For he would save our people from their sins. How do you make sense of that? What does that mean? You know, as a baby, you're, you're looking at your little baby, and, and Mary pondered all these words, and she wondered, how? How is this ch child going to save people from their sins? Uh, certainly, what does this mean? But they were obedient. They, they named their child Jesus, Yeshua, Savior. Mary would have remembered standing at the foot of the cross how on the night of his birth, the shepherds also came and surprised them in the manger saying, uh, we've come to see this special child that the angels appeared to us saying, behold, we bring you good news of great joy for all people for unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And so the word Savior it's not just a majestic title. It's not just a phrase out of a, a hymn or a chorus, the Messiah. I mean, all the things that, that we have now, it meant something different back then, Redeemer. And the angels continued, according to the shepherds, singing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. And Mary pondered those things. What does this mean? Why would shepherds come? Why, how did angels appear to shepherds? And, and they say, this child is going to be a savior and bring peace to the earth. How is he going to do this? And 33 years later, as she stood at the foot of the cross, she wondered, is this how it was meant to be? And then she remembered the the words of Simeon in the temple as they dedicated their son the eighth day, the offering they took, the old man that greeted them, and his words, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. And then he looked at Mary and gently said, and a sword will pierce your soul. How many times had she wondered what could this possibly mean? And there she was, watching him die, just her heart breaking, the agony. You know, Jesus is offered a, a drink of wine mixed with myrrh, bitter, the herbs unpleasant. And maybe she remembered the wise men 
the gifts that they brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And at the time, she probably wondered, why myrrh? A strange gift for a, a baby, uh, even in, in spite of all the grand things being said, why myrrh? Myrrh was used in the temple. It was an anointing oil. The, the priests would have used myrrh to dedicate all of the candle stands, the serving utensils, the altar, everything holy. It was set apart for, for use in worship. Its other use was in embalming the dead. That was the part that didn't quite make sense to Mary. And now, all these things came together as she's standing at the cross and connecting kind of all the pieces, all the threads of those 33 years. It's really important for us to understand that Christmas and Calvary go hand in hand. They're the bookends for the life of Christ, the mission of Christ. Christmas and the cross are inseparable. Christmas helps us make sense of the death of Christ. It's only with the cross that we fully grasp the significance of Christmas. We celebrate on December 25th the birth of a Savior, a Savior that uh, it was said would forgive us from our sins, and that's part of what we celebrate. That's part of the gift that God gave, the overwhelming gift of this season the gift of God's Son, the gift of salvation. And as we remember that and its claim upon our lives, we recognize the price that was paid for that gift. And the price that was paid is the life of God's Son. His life wasn't taken. Jesus gave himself. Jesus stepped into the soldiers. He, he didn't resist. He didn't fight. He didn't allow his disciples to back him up with a mob. He gave himself. Christmas celebrates the birth of a Savior, the one whose destiny it was to save us from our sins. The sacrament of communion that we will end with, it's the symbol that reminds us of that gift. There was a price that was made to bring peace on earth. There was a price that was paid to make grace available to all. Every time you see red decorations, the bows on the wreaths, the poinsettias that will come, the red is the symbol of the blood that flowed on the cross. Our wrapping paper, all of that reminds us of the destiny for the child whose birth we celebrate. The reason we know all these details, all these little things, is that Mary, as she pondered them at the end, at the cross, at the resurrection, she collected all these small details and gave them to the disciples, made sure the writers of the Gospels heard her account. And after the resurrection, she told the rest of the story and made the connections that she hoped everyone else would also make. Stepping away from Mary's experience the death of Christ on the cross wasn't just a tragic day, the end of a, a well-meaning figure in history. Again, Jesus didn't die accidentally. Jesus tried to explain what was going to happen. Even at the, the Last Supper with his disciples, when, when he took the bread and he, he broke it and he said, this is my body, he, he was trying to say, this is 
a symbol of what's going to happen tomorrow. They didn't get it. He tried again at the end of the meal. Here's a cup, and this cup contains my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins and the sins of the whole world for all time. They didn't get that either. But the death of Christ was the final act of salvation. And maybe we don't get it totally. There is mystery in the meal that's become our our monthly celebration together. And Christmas, it is a celebration. It's a time when we, we fully embrace the gift of God. And maybe why we don't totally understand this mystery is that Uh, The first century people saw sacrifice. Uh, Sacrifice was a part of every worship system for the idols, for the the Roman gods, as well as for the Jewish people. Sacrifice was a very visible part of their culture. The smoke from the, the burning of incense and the burning of sacrifices on the altars all across the region. The Roman system of sacrifice Uh, The intended purpose seemed to be to kind of bribe that God or the chosen place of sacrifice, to bribe the deity. If your sacrifice was big enough, maybe you would get what you wanted. It was a bribe, and that's just straight up how they functioned. The Apostle Paul spoke into that context and and put it within the, the Hebrew system of understanding the Jews offered sacrifices, grain, animals, gifts, and it was out of gratitude. It was a way to say thank you. They had thank offerings. They had harvest festivals, an agricultural society, and their sacrifices were were a way of saying, God, thank you for the year finishing. It was also a way of, of atonement, of having their sins covered to be reconciled to God As the life of an animal was taken, their life was set free from sin. But you still had that question of how many times do you have to do this? How many sins do we need atonement for? And it was in that context that John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, named him, Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins. The the sacrifice of animals covered up the sins of the past. This lamb, the lamb of God, was going to take away the sins for all time. And as we put Christmas and Easter together, we we see that there is a cost to paying the penalty for sin. There is a cost that Jesus paid so that grace might be free. It's not just free grace, but it's been purchased, and now it's free. Some of us struggle with guilt. Some of us struggle all the time, and some people don't struggle at all. That's kind of where we are as a culture. Some of us are burdened with, I I feel the weight of what I've done wrong, and and we try to make up on our own for that rift between us and God, and we can't. And others don't fully appreciate God's gift because they don't really see the extent of their sin. The Scriptures say that we're all like sheep. We're all like sheep that have gone astray, and every lamb I ever tried to take to the fair was one that liked to go astray. I think it's common to all sheep, and it's a very fitting metaphor when you think about our relationship with God. 
um, we so easily stray, go our own way, leave God behind. And yet God came to save us because He knew we couldn't save ourselves. Mary heard Jesus respond to the two thieves. They, they were different in their questions. One said, will you re- remember me? And, and she heard Jesus say, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the other hurled insults as well as those at the ground, hurled insults at Jesus. And Mary heard him say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Romans chapter 5 is my conclusion today. A, a verse that says, you know, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the sins of everyone. Very rarely will someone die or sacrifice themselves even for a good person, though a good person might offer themselves in the place of another. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's good news for you and for all people. This season we celebrate, for unto us is born a Savior. I would send you out in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and may the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ go with you today.